The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. The two candidates for governor, Jay Gonzalez and Charlie Baker, met on the debate stage for the first time this past week, facing off at WBZ out in Brighton. And Katie Lannon, you were there for the hour-long debate. Um, what message was each of these candidates trying to send to voters? Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, much of Massachusetts was clustered around television watching the Red Sox defeat the Yankees. Um, I was part of a small group of reporters out there in Brighton watching a different sort of contest, and that was between the incumbent Republican governor and his Democrat challenger, both of whom pretty much came to armed with the messages we've seen them espouse so far on the campaign trail. Um, Jay Gonzalez, the challenger, saying, you know, what Charlie Baker is doing is not enough. We need more, and I'm the guy to bring it. Um, The governor, on the other hand, focused on the things he has delivered, bringing up reforms at Bridgewater State Hospital, bringing up the wind and hydropower procurements that have gotten underway, and saying he's not the status quo governor Jay Gonzalez is trying to make him out to be. Um, And Gonzalez was also trying to tie the governor to the Republican Party, to Jeff Deal, who he's endorsed for Senate. Um, Baker, meanwhile, cast Gonzalez a, as someone making empty promises, as someone who whose ideas aren't rooted in reality, while he, the governor, said he knows, you know, what can be done and that he's the guy to keep doing it. Gotcha. Now, they uh, they talked about energy, education, revenue then. Uh, what topics didn't come up? Yeah, it was interesting to see what did and didn't get covered. Obviously, what did, as you mentioned, transportation, schools, taxes, all major issues. But some of the other things that people often take, talk about as significant issues facing the state, things people care about, um, went kind of undiscussed so far. And those include things like the opioid crisis, um, housing, which... You know, the governor's still trying to get his housing bill through the legislature. We didn't hear much about health care, which is interesting, given that they both have uh, health insurance and health care mm. backgrounds. So those are some things we uh, we might get a chance to hear a little bit more about next week in the next debate. All right. And uh, covering that debate for us. Uh, next Wednesday will be Colin A. Young, who joins us here along with Matt Murphy. Hi, guys. Hi, Sam. Hey, Sam Eldorn. <laughs> Uh, so, Colin, you're going to be out at WGBH for us uh, next week. That's right. Um, any any predictions for uh, this second debate of the cycle? Uh, no, I think Katie laid it out uh, pretty well. There are a number of issues that uh, really weren't covered in the first debate or weren't covered in depth, uh, and I think you'll probably see a little bit more on those topics. Sure. Um, that's, any that's true, and but I think one thing you know, if you if you watch some of the reaction come in uh, at the end of that debate, uh, some of the pundits out there, people like Marianne Marsh, who are watching for that kind of moment, uh, that chance that maybe Jay could uh, say something or, or score a blow against the governor that might change the the fundamental dynamics of this race. That perhaps it didn't happen. Uh, certainly, the fact that they were going head to head, as Katie mentioned, against the Red Sox didn't help. Uh, it certainly probably drove down viewership, sure. which uh, put some added importance, I think, on uh, Wednesday's debate upcoming. Uh, and will it be interesting to see whether uh, Jay uh, 
goes back to the same well and, and goes after the uh, the governor's endorsement of Jeff Deal and and his his spending on the transportation system and those topics or or whether or not he whether or not he shifts uh, gears and, and tries a new tact. Colin, and if he does, uh, Gonzalez still has to contend with the Red Sox. Uh, it, the, the <laughs> debate and the game on, on Wednesday won't be going exactly head-to-head, yeah. but certainly the Red Sox are going to be in the middle of the ALCS series, and right. uh, a lot of attention will be paid to that, and uh, probably not as much attention paid to the governor's race. What time is that game on uh, on Wednesday? Do we know? I think that game is around 8.30 at night, and the uh, the debate starting around 7, and that's also an hour-long debate, so oh, sure. uh, there will be more opportunity for uh, viewers to watch both, I think, uh, but it, it may sound trivial that we're talking about the Red Sox, but I think it can't be overstated when you see polling showing that Jay Gonzalez is unknown to 45% of the electorate. He really needs to get in front of viewers with these debates, and uh, the more people who are interested in the Red Sox playoff run and not in the campaign, then uh, you know, it, it's going to hurt his chances. Any distraction at all. Right. Uh, Katie? Um, another interesting point about Gonzalez is he just doesn't have the kind of debate experience that Baker does having run statewide before, um, you know, elected to his first term and even before that he ran. So, you know, if you can kind of look at game one of the Baker-Gonzalez series as a, a warm-up, um, certainly both of them were prepared for it, but having gotten a chance to feel each other out a little bit more and set get the dynamic of being on stage together. It'll be interesting to see how both of them perform this time around. Switching gears here, uh, Colin, you were over at uh, the McCormick Building this morning for the... Comptroller's Advisory Board <laughs> meeting, Sam. Thank you. Comptroller's Advisory Board meeting. No, it's not one pa- that Pardon we, me for not knowing. That's all right. It's not one that we, we cover very often, but it was uh, it was quite the meeting this morning. So with a bill filed back in July to close out the books on the last fiscal year, um, some state finance managers you found are concerned about what's become a habit, they say, of lawmakers being late to act, let's say, on uh, necessary spending bills. Oh, yeah. So the, the issue here, Sam, is that... Uh, Fiscal year 2018 uh, ended back at the end of June, and the legislature needs to pass a supplemental budget to close the books on that fiscal year and to decide how to spend any surplus money. Uh, The comptroller, Tom Schack, says it's a best practice for the legislature uh, to wrap all of that up by the end of August, and that gives him enough time to Uh, compile something called the Statutory Basis Financial Report, which is essentially an annual report on the state's finances. And the comptroller is required to file that report uh, by October 31st. And that October 31st deadline comes from the legislature. Now, Shaq's issue is that the legislature has not acted on that supplemental closeout budget. And we're less than a month away uh, from his deadline now. Uh, so he's he's been trying to uh, impress upon the legislature the importance of them getting that done so that he can file his report. And he says if, if he can't file that report on time, and this would be the fourth consecutive year in which that's been the case, uh, that the state's really opening itself up uh, to, as he put it, really, really significant scrutiny uh, from the financial world. And uh, you had a pretty good quote in your uh, in your story this morning for us, Colin, from the treasurer, Deb Goldberg, about all this. Yeah, she really warned that um, uh, adherence to these deadlines is something that credit rating agencies uh, look at when they're assessing um, a state's credit rating, credit worthiness. Uh, and she said that the state, you know, four years in a row now uh, missing this deadline, uh, she compared it to 
sort of like kids getting away with stuff for too long. <laughs> and Matt, I know you've got sort of a counterpoint to uh, to that line of thinking. Yes, I'm not a, I don't know if it's a counterpoint, but I, I think it's interesting that the treasurer chose to use this uh, child's analogy, and certainly one that won't be well received by legislative leaders. But uh, I think it's kind of interesting in that uh, when you're trying to teach a kid a lesson, sometimes there need to be repercussions. And I don't think that the legislature, uh, as Colin noted, they've missed this deadline for four years now. Uh, they don't really see much consequence uh, to, to not doing this uh, on time, or, or I guess I should say to, to finishing this on time. Uh, they feel like they have all the time in the world to kind of take a look at these closeout budgets and, uh, and do it at their own pace, unlike, say, the July 1st deadline for the annual state budget, which, even though they also frequently miss that deadline, they're at least conscious and aware of it and know that they are uh, somewhat behind schedule. Yeah, and on uh, Friday afternoon, spokespeople for the um, uh, Ways and Means Committees uh, and for the Senate president uh, said that they understand the importance of, of getting this bill done and they're working on it and that uh, they hope to get it done as soon as possible. Actually, uh, both House and Senate used the phrase in the coming days. Uh, but we've heard that from them before. It was a month ago that uh, the House Speaker and Senate President said that their Ways and Means chairs were going to get right on this and uh, that it would be done as soon as possible. And Tom Shack, the Comptroller, said today that he's heard the same things, but he said he simply doesn't believe it. He said, uh, I've yet to see anything of any real import that would suggest that this is going to happen anytime soon. Turning back to you, Matt, uh, you had the scoop this morning on the News Service Wire that Rick Lord would be leaving next year from the Associated Industries of Massachusetts, which he's led for uh, around 20 years. Uh, tell us about his plans. Yeah, that's right, Sam. He is uh, planning to leave. He told his staff and some of the executive board at AIM uh, this morning that he was planning to step down uh, in mid-2019. And uh, this is a major change. I mean, AIM has really become one of the most influential lobbying groups on Beacon Hill. And uh, it kind of got me thinking just how much has changed over the past five years or so. You've seen uh, now with Rick leaving AIM, uh, a new head of the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce coming in and Jim Rooney replacing the longtime head there, Paul Guzzi, uh, Mike Widmer retiring, replaced by Eileen McEnany. And through all of this change, three uh, speaker, three Senate presidents, I should say, have come in. Uh, you know, Charlie Baker is a new governor. And through it all, still standing there is House Speaker Bob DeLeo. The one constant, yeah. Yeah, the one constant. He's kind of been immune to these forces of change. And I think everyone is wondering uh, when the time will come for Speaker DeLeo. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's getting ready to leave anytime soon. He says he's going to finish his uh, full term. Uh, through 2020, but he's got a lot of new dynamics to deal with uh, when this new legislative session kicks off in 2019, including dealing with a new Senate president, Karen Spilka. Uh, you know, Rick Lord is someone who's been a longtime ally of his. Uh, he's certainly going to have an interest in who that replacement is if he's not interested in that job himself. And I also think it'll be interesting to see who steps forward and who the who AIM turns to. Uh, they've placed some pretty high people in state government. And even if you look at Charlie Baker's administration, uh, Kristen Lepore, who was his budget chief, turned chief of staff, came from AIM to join this administration. And it makes me wonder whether or not she'd have any interest in perhaps going back. Yeah, Matt, it's really interesting. You mentioned kind of the relationship between AIM and the speaker and the constant presence of Speaker DeLeo because he's also going to have to appoint a new Ways and Means chair in January. 
Um, and that's going to be another close ally of his. He obviously works closely with his Ways and Means chair, his budget chief. Um, so there's going to be a lot of change happening around him. And it's another direction that can really impact how policy is going to go in the new session. So all things to watch, Sam. And thanks. Uh, this, this has been fun. Something new for us here at the takeout with all of us sitting down together and kind of batting this back and forth and uh, hope to do it more in the future. Hey, well said. All right. Thanks, folks. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks. Next time we do it, we should all have takeout in front of us. Oh, well, on that note, uh, since this is the takeout and we talk a lot uh, in the office in room 458 about our takeout lunches, uh, starting with Katie, what were your favorite takeout lunches uh, this week? I just had a really good noodle bowl from Bon Me, so it might be just because that's the most recent, but I'm going to go with that one. Uh, my tops this week are probably the uh, uh, lamb chili at Zoe. And I've been on sort of a rabbit's diet, so I'm going to go with the meatballs that you and Craig brought in this <laughs> afternoon. Well, that's what I was going to go for, but Florina is always a good choice. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Sam. Here to talk about what's on the menu for next week on Beacon Hill, it's our editor, Michael Norton. Hi, Mike. Hey, Sam. Uh, thanks. Uh, really, for the rest of the month, Sam, it's going to be a fight for the hearts and the minds and the votes of Massachusetts residents uh, with leading up to the election on November 6th. This next week is shaping up as debate week. Uh, Republican Jeff Deal is going head-to-head with Senator Warren on Friday and then again two late days later on Sunday. Uh, Governor Baker and Democrat Jay Gonzalez meet up for their second debate on Wednesday. And in the third congressional district where Nikki Songus is giving up her seat, Democrat Lori Trahan and Republican Rick Green are set to debate, to debate on uh, Thursday. On Beacon Hill, or near Beacon Hill, uh, the so-called Super Bowl of Healthcare is scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday at Suffolk Law School. Uh, industry insiders and some of the state's top officials are scheduled to testify on cost trends, both uh, the good and the bad. Also on Tuesday, former Governor William Weld and former Senate President Tom Birmingham plan to join Pioneer Institute officials at the Kennedy School They'll be talking up a new book by Kara uh, Stillings Candle that explores the history of charter schools in Massachusetts and how to reinvigorate that type of public school. Uh, Back on Beacon Hill, uh, state lawmakers are under uh, increasing pressure to pass a a budget bill. Uh, They're sitting on a rather sizable surplus that taxpayers uh, gave them for fiscal 2018. Uh, The state auditor, treasurer, and comptroller on Friday expressed their frustration that the closeout spending bill remains unfinished, with comptroller Tom Schack saying he will once again be unable to meet his legal deadline to file the state's annual audited financial report. Now, legislators, Sam, have seemed entirely unfazed by the concerns over their slow pace, but they could be moved to act soon, possibly next week, to avoid drawing negative attention from Wall Street bond rating agencies. Also, some of the people who would ordinarily be involved in assembling that budget, they're not in the state, Sam. They're not even in the country, but they are due back soon. Fifteen lawmakers, including many members of Senate leadership, are due back in Massachusetts late Tuesday after a week-long trip to Portugal and the Azores. And that's about it. Well, that's a lot on the docket. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Sam. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.